You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Um, I'm John. There's just one John tonight. The other John can't unfortunately make it. But for the second week running, we do have um, Aldo. Hi, guys. And um, back from hibernation, we have Chris. Hello. Hibernation. I wish it was hibernation. I've been doing my kids that have got chicken pox recently. Oh, that's fun. That's harsh. <laughs> At least they've been caught early on and then they catch them in their teens. Everybody says so. I suppose it's, from their perspective, I for mine it's a pain because they're too wee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just you need you need a happy medium where they're old enough to understand, but not old <laughs> enough for it to be a bigger problem. Yeah, fair does. Um, it's been a bit of hibernation. Um, I think Neil Lennon has gone into that. Um, break news on Friday night. Um, what's your thoughts on Lennon's pending um, exit from Hibernian? I go and work as the lawyer. <laughs> what can we say about this one? Um, the Hibs have said nothing, which is slightly concerning given all the rumours that have been flying around. Um, I, my, my feeling on it is if some of the rumours are true, Lennon deserves it. If other rumours are true, Lennon's been harshly treated. Um, it's, it's hard to know exactly what's happened here. It sounds like the players have not appreciated Lennon continually slagging them off, even though they've been deserving of it because they've been rotten. Uh, no, wait, hang on. It's, it's the other one, but the other team is led to call the players rubbish, isn't it? Um, no, I, I, I listen, I listen, because I've said just before I start recording, I've been watching back-to-back sports scenes before this. Um, I was able to listen to Neil Lennon after the game in midweek, and he was basically ripping into his players and saying there was nobody he could really trust in there. Um, so... I wouldn't be surprised if that's got back to the players and the players have not been happy about that. But he's, he's right. <laughs> There's nobody in that Hibs team who's been playing all that great recently. Um, they have gone on an awful slide in the last few months um, to the point that they're, they're in the bottom half, deservedly so. They're not going to get into the, the relegation trouble, but um, that's because the other three teams in the bottom of the league are run. But they're, 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 they're going nowhere um, and they don't really are going to turn things around without some sort of change. I would have hoped uh, it would be the players themselves would get a rocket up them, but it sounds like that hasn't been working and ultimately if Neil Lennon's lost the dressing room, something has to change and it's often the manager that changes rather than the players. I'm not under um, Stephen Gerrard's prone to blaming his players and throwing them under the bus. He doesn't seem to get this problem. Uh, I don't know what actually going on. I've seen a few rumours floating around. Um, I don't think Hibs will get a better manager than Neil Lennon. Um, I can't. I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. Um, so I'd, I'd like to have seen him stay. I quite like Neil Lennon. Uh, I'm a Neil Lennon fan, um, so I'm quite disappointed if he's no longer in Scottish football. So I hope he gets something soon. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um, he does go over the top sometimes with these criticism and usually gets a a, rea- um, a positive reaction out of it, but this time it's just not been working. Um, although since the infamous Hearts game where he was had coins thrown at him and people said he deserved it, um, he wasn't in the media as much, and that's when his slide started to um, materialise. But um, it's it's a sad situation for Hibs that this is the way it's panned out. I mean, there's rumours that 
there's been disputes with the players, there's been disputes over budget as well. I know they signed Scott Allen a pre-contract, but they're having difficulty getting that um, over the line before January to have him there for the rest of the season. Um, I don't know what that's about, but um, you were thinking about names off the top of your head that could do a better job. Well, one you won't want to hear um, that they're trying to spread is uh, Steve Clark going to Hibs, but I don't see it. It's never going to happen. His son was on Twitter the other day and he basically said the same thing. It's um, There's only one job in Scottish football I think Steve Clark would leave Kilmarnock for and uh, it's currently Parkhead. Um, anything else apart from that, pff, no chance. And I've seen a few folk going now will have a higher budget and whatever else. He's already proven he doesn't need a budget. Um, I think they're 7th or 8th in terms of the you know, their, their player wages and things, Hibs must be, they must be fifth or something. I'd imagine Aberdeen, Hearts, Rangers, Celtic would would be above them. So he's got the resources there. It's it's not quite worked out for him, but there's no chance Steve Clark's going there. I must admit, I would like to see what Steve Clark could do with a, a bigger budget, but not at this time. I think I'm, I'm still curious to see what he can do with the current budget um, because, I mean, we are, we're over halfway through the, the league season, Kilmarnock are vitally challenged at the top of the league. They've been they've been in great form in the last sort of twelve to eighteen months now. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's he's definitely got an unfinished job there. So I don't think it's time for him to be moving on or even think about moving on just yet. Um, and I don't I, at least I don't think it would be Hibs for all Hibs claim to have a bigger budget. Let's let's see the proof of that. <laughs> yeah. If they have it, they're not using it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I think the the other name that I've heard bandied about um, is is Gordon Strachan. Yeah. I don't know if this is a, a paper rumor or just because he happens to be out of a job. Or um, Gordon Strachan was a, a boy who lives fan, if I remember rightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, right. Uh, there's maybe a, an option there for him. Maybe it might be the the job that gets him back into football. So if that's what they're going for, that might be interesting. That yeah, would that's- be something. That would be a, a good appointment. That's probably the only name I can think of that certainly would be possibly a step up from Lennon. Yeah, I would say so. Um, but one man who definitely won't be getting the job um, is Eddie May because he doesn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> because he obviously remembers his spell at Falkirk and it was a bit of a disaster and they left six months later um, to be replaced by Presley who oversaw the delegation. Um, but he did what he had to do yesterday to get the team winning um, after a poor first half. Um, but then Kyle McAllister had a great chance to make it 2-0. He does the hard bit in putting the goalkeeper on the floor, but doesn't trust his right foot. Tries to go back his left and makes a complete arse of it. Um, there's no other word for it. And then Hibs just go up the other end and make it 1-1. And then they, for the first time this season, Hibs coming from behind and winning a game. And um, they've done it well. But it just shows St Man again for how poor they've been this season and when they get themselves in a good position they just throw it away. It was refreshing honesty from Eddie May. I was listening to it at the sports end. Um and there was it was the usual questions of, of, of uh, this is, is this you auditioning for a job and um is, is it something you want? And I think everyone's expecting them to say, well you don't know what can happen. I mean I, I would I'm just gonna do my job here and see how it goes. No, it was straight in there went, no, I don't want it. <laughs> no chance. It's easy hundred percent no when you know you've got absolutely no chance Aye. of getting it, to be fair. I mean, I'd, I'd like to put on uh, the record that I have no interest in the Hibs job either. So, um, <laughs> aye, I, I think it's easy to do it when you're in that position. 
Uh, I don't want yeah. to like it, so it's just, <laughs> just a bit of a commute for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just a bit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, do you think... Um, so, move on to Kilmarnock. Um, we'll cover last week's game, um, because obviously I did the blog about John Jones um, about whether or not he was up for playing against Rangers, having committed his move to Rangers at the end of the season. Steve Clark stuck faith with him, and the perfect way to silence um, the Boo Boys and probably silence them for the rest of the season, I would think, Alan? Yeah. Um, up until, actually, the first 20, 25 minutes, Rangers were miles ahead. Um, and then Jordan Jones, I remember just before we scored, he was out near the main stand in the far side and they tried to beat Tavernier and get the ball taken off him. And the boos around me, you know, before the game, the name getting announced and Rangers fans cheering Jordan Jones and things. And it was just one of these ones. I just didn't want him playing at all. But um, once we equalised, everything changed. I thought Jordan's, he's played better. But in terms of just his, his absolute grit, his, you know, his running, he just never gave up. He got the goal, obviously. Um, and I do think that, you know, after the game when he was over there, to me, I, I'm I'm satisfied now. He can play again. I'm, I'm happy with that. I'll put my hands up and I'm, I was one of the ones that was saying that uh, now that Jordan Jones has signed a pre-contact for Rangers and given the, the nature of the tweet that he had out, um, I probably would have dropped it in the reserves had it been me. Um, but Steve Clark backed him, backed him publicly. He was saying, if you're booing him, you're booing me. Um, and I think that alone had a lot to do with it, why Jordan Jones was away celebrating the goal. Because he ran straight over to Steve Clark. When he scored it, so it's it's full credit to, to Steve Clark for standing by his man and, and, and thinking it will get the best out of him for the next six months of the season. Um, and, and Jordan Jones has repaid that faith by giving 100% against the team that he's going to sign for and got the winning goal. Um, so credit to uh, Jordan Jones for um, being a professional, credit to Steve Clark for standing by him, and this is why I'm not a football manager. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've seen these um, examples before um, where, um, you know, players commit to a new club and they go into their shell a bit. But, um, and it's normally true of flair players because, uh, not because they don't want to try, but because um, they're guarded in case they get an injury and flair players are targeted by fullbacks and defenders for special treatment. So, no, fair play to Jones for stepping up. Um, but I think they've got to thank um, Joe Worrell a lot for getting back into the game because that was more horrific defending. Um I, you know, I don't understand why Nottingham Forest um, allegedly rejected a £9 million bid from a Premier League club. If that's true, why did they send him and loan to Scottish football? Okay, it's and not selling for a bit more? Yeah, it's, it's probably a load of nonsense there. I mean, it did, It did. honestly, it changed the entire game. Up until that point, Rangers fans were making a lot of noise. We got, in fact, just before we'd scored, I'd said to... Um, a wee boy, we're never scoring the day. You know, it was just one of those things. I thought we'll work hard, but we've got no goal threat. The you know Stuart not being there, there was just that lack of that player just to play in the hole behind Brophy and link the the midfield to the attack. Um, the minute he'd done that, everything changed, and I was surprised at how quiet the Rangers support were. There was I don't know, it was very very weird to describe. They went from the full song sheet to just going really, really quiet and that continued throughout the game. Um, I don't know how, when you're in 40 yards of space, how it's possible 
to to lose the ball. I seen a wee still image on Twitter of someone posted, and he was you know forty yards of space. Um, but you know, very thankful that he that he decided to have an absolute mare. Um, and and you know, it was just after after the whole you know Greg Stewart thing going and the uh, Jordan Jones things to get four points from those next two games was just absolutely superb because um, I think a lot of people did think that the wheels would just now start to come off the the commando bandwagon. Well, I mean, the media have been saying all season that it's a two-horse race, um, neglecting, um, you know, Kilmarnock and Aberdeen up there in the head of the game at the weekends. Um, we ran the poll on Facebook, um, which we asked uh, Aberdeen and um, Kilmarnock genuine title contenders, and of 87 votes, 57% said yes, they are, and um, for the other 43 said no. I can't remember what the Twitter one said, but I think it was more overwhelming than that. So I think... Um, you know, you can't rule out a team like Kamara. I mean, they've taken four points off Rangers. They've taken three off Celtic. Um, they've taken four um, from nine against uh, Aberdeen. So they certainly deserve to be up there. And Aberdeen have obviously taken four off Rangers. Um, and again, four off Kamara, but they haven't taken enough Celtic as usual. So, um, but I think both teams deserve to um, deserve a wee bit more credit um, for being in the position they are. And, yes. Uh, Especially Kilmarnock. I mean, of of the four teams at the top of the league, the Kilmarnock had the toughest of the the the, the four in the opening couple of fixtures after the winter break because well, Celtic had two teams fighting relegation, Aberdeen had one team fighting relegation, and Kilmarnock Rangers had one team that seemed to have gone on a slide, and Kilmarnock and Kilmarnock <laughs> had to play two title challengers, um, and they've taken four points out of that, that which is an impressive haul. Um, so I mean they, they won their home game and got the drain away game. So the, the, to to me I, I was I was a bit disappointed when like, obviously John signed the the pre contract and you were thinking maybe he's going to leave before the end of the window. I mean it's still time he might. Um, but it doesn't really sound like it's going to happen. But you never know. Um, the losing Greg Stewart to a recall of a loan and then I'm going out to Aberdeen was a bit of a blow as well. But they do still have the likes of Eamon Brophy who took his goal well against Rangers. Um, the the, um, the boy power in the midfield uh, sportsman were highlighting how great he'd been against Rangers yeah. um, so I mean they, they still have some good quality in there and ultimately they've still got Steve Clark and he's the one that's uh, been, been turning things around so uh, yeah I mean I, I was one of the ones that voted in that poll for it's a four horse race as far as I'm concerned until somebody starts running away with it um, cool. which I don't see happening like I say Celtic had the easiest to the they're on because they've had two home games against two teams that have the relegation, so I'm not surprised they get six points out of six. Yeah. Uh, they could go six points clear on Wednesday night when they play St Johnson, but that's a that I mean up until the weekend there, St Johnson had they scored, had they even conceded a goal in about 400 minutes and went on a great run. I think they've still got the best away record in the league, um, and they're both against Celtic's best home record in the league, so uh, that could be enough in each. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, I mean, if St Johnson take anything for that, it's still wide open because that's that's what people have been saying that Celtic have still got this game in hand. So the game in hand's coming up. Let's see what happens. Yeah. The the thing is about the consistency. The not so much Rangers and Celtic. They've let's be honest here. It's because of Celtic's inconsistency and Rangers that that they're in touching distance. But when you're looking at the fixtures, if Kilmarnock's got you know a home game against Celtic before the split, and essentially I think that might be all the games against the. That's left against the kind of you know top sides, if if you will. If Aberdeen and Kilmarnock still continue to beat the sides below them, and it comes mm-hmm. out to the shootout, Rangers, Celtic, Kilmarnock, Aberdeen, and you're going into that final, 
you know, final split. So even if there is six, seven points behind them, you wouldn't put your money on, on anyone to run away with it because that that's what you're really looking for. You're looking to be in touching distance before you all go into that shootout in the top six. I've never been a fan of the SPL split, but if we get to the point that we get, there's five games remaining and there's a top split, top six split and there's still four teams in the title race, that will be phenomenal. That will be the best the split's ever been. Yeah, absolutely. You know what will happen at the split is that they'll mix um, the fixtures up somewhere, but it would be terrific if the four teams were still in it. Um, as for Saturday's game, I mean, people highlight the fact Kamara didn't have a shot and goal, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't deserve a point. For what I saw of the highlights of the sports scene, um, most of our shots were really from long range. There wasn't many clear-cut opportunities. Um, Shinny's had probably the best one, which was well saved, and Stuart had one just way. But other than that, it was just either a routine save or one that's going safely over the bar. Um, and I know McInnes um, was disappointed we didn't get the win. But I think Kilmarnock were maybe worthy of the point for that, although the stats will say seven shots to nil, but it was no goals each and you've got to give Kilmarnock credit for the way they've defended the game and I'm going to be honest right now about the red cards I don't think it's a red card um, the, no, still, the stills on um, on Twitter etc uh, make it make it look worse than what it is but if you look at it I don't think it's a red I think a yellow would have been sufficient for it he's late they both went for the ball Shinny's just got there first and it's the follow through from the two of them that's made it worse than what it looks yeah, I, I, I don't think there's even as much contact as Shinny made out, to be honest. Um, I don't, the, the, still, the only stuff I've seen on Twitter is Chris Boyd laughing at him. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the, you, you watch the video and it's, like, you're right, it's, it's, uh, it's, they're both going for the ball. Shinny gets there first. It's a booking and a Kilmarnock have appealed it. I'm not surprised whether that'll get thrown out or not. Who knows? It's a throw six to start with a compliance officer, that one. Um, but. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not as much as, as some of the red cards we've seen this season. It, what I will say about the game was, uh, I watched it and it was the worst game of football I think I've ever seen. And if you'd if you'd looked at that and said, you know, at the time, second against third are playing each other in the Scottish League, if that game had been on telly, oh my goodness, it's a sad day when you're watching the game and your own team's playing in it and you're going, I don't think I can watch this game anymore, it's so bad. <laughs> and I think Aberdeen, I think they had three shots in target, seven shots in total, three in target. I think I think it was Stevie May had a shot that, you know, as you said, John Backman made a, a decent save. You see, apart oh, from that, mate that. Mm-hmm. Aye, there, was, there was nothing. It was just... It was a team that went there under the circumstances and thought we're happy with a point and we're playing for a point. And, you know, Derek McInnes is thrown, I think he had a four or five forwards on at one stage and it was just constant, constant balls into the box. But I never, ever felt like Aberdeen were going to score. There's just, there's just something lacking in, in that forward area, despite the fact that they've got, you know, considerably better forward players than, than Kilmarnock's got at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they'd obviously done well at Hamilton winning 3-0, but um, it's a different kettle of fish coming up against Kilmarnock. Um, but, you know, Kilmarnock defended well. I mean, Alan Power looked good again. I mean, I highlighted him as one of the players of the season when we were discussing the team of the half season um, just after Christmas. And he's just um, kicked on again and um, since we've come back for the, the winter break. And, but yeah, it's definitely a better point for Kilmarnock than it is for, for Aberdeen because um, Kilmarnock obviously played Rangers and midweek as well um, and 
having gone through that intensity, it's understandable why they played for a draw. I mean, it's easy to criticise um, Kilmarnock for, for doing that, but let's, let's be honest, um, if Aberdeen were in a similar position, they might have done the same thing. And uh, at the end of the day, I think it was a game between two teams with a lot of respect for each other, maybe too much. And their first thoughts were, make sure we don't get beaten this game, because that could eliminate our chance of a medical title this season. But a draw probably does suit Kilmarnock, so a good result for them, without doubt. Um, it's just a shame that Celtic pulled away, but it was a routine victory, um, helped by two absolute blunders from Ryan Fulton, two of three that he made in the game. And the, the second one that didn't lead to goal was just comedy. You know, again, just we're talking about um, Aberdeen come out not being a good showcase for Scottish football. Well, that was another extreme. <laughs> that instant, because Celtic made an absolute backside of the, the chance they were given for that. It was a bit of a... Well, I mean, we used to have Arthur Boric, uh, the holy goalie. I think we've seen a couple of holy goalies this season. Uh, or this weekend, not in the, the other holy. Just like bogging through them, holy. That was oh. funnier in my head. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... I mean like, Sorry, we can cut that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, nothing making it a podcast title. <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was funny because you were... Like, the, the Rangers fans were uh, all over social media on Saturday night saying ah the, the Hamilton goalkeeper look he's completely gifted Celtic this and that because I mean two of the goals were horrendous the, the, the first one went straight through him uh, the second one was just he, he fumbled it uh, and then Chris was able to knock it in and then we had Liam Kelly in the living scene that Rangers game in the following day uh, <laughs> I've no idea what happened to that first shot um, if anything I'm almost inclined to give the Hamilton keeper an excuse because the McGregor shot comes through a lot of bodies he doesn't see it till late um, you shouldn't really be wanting it's going through your legs in the first place, but it does see it late. Liam Kelly's got plenty of time to see this. I have no idea how he managed to spill that over the line. It just kind of squirmed under. I mean, it's like he never get down quick enough. Yeah. It's it's not been like Kelly this season because he's been um, one of the best keepers in the league, but um, he obviously had an off day. But that obviously starts a conspiracy theory because he used to play for Rangers and all that nonsense. Yeah. But we spoke about conspiracy theories last week where um, people saying stop the 10 for a decision of Celtic here, just Scottish Cup tie at 2-0 Celtic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's... Just as it, he's just had a, a really awful day. In fact, if anything, Liam Kelly would have wanted to show his employers what they're missing, like he did earlier on the season um, when he played Rangers. So, um, it's, it's, it's nothing more than bad mistakes for the two. I mean, the Hamilton keeper had a great game up until the point he threw one in the net, pretty much. Um, and then he, <laughs> if he continued to have a decent game after that, the, the stats in that game were something like 20 shots to one. Um, but it was he had a really good game and then it, as always it doesn't matter how many good saves a goalkeeper makes if they make one bad one that's the one that gets remembered yeah. Uh, so yeah it was just a shame like I said earlier the, the, the two Celtic games the Hamilton 3 0 at the weekend and 4 0 against Monday the midweek it's they're, they're two relatively routine games for Celtic it's as routine as you can get in the league where you're playing two teams at the bottom of the league at home uh, we're just back for the break we We've got new players who are trying to do their best to impress, so Oli Burke get two in midweek and uh, Timo, apparently we're calling Timo, we're Timothy, we're Timmy, we're Junior, <laughs> Georgie's boy. <laughs> um, he was he got one in the, uh, the midweek as well and uh, he had a couple of chances against Hamilton as well, but 
it's it's just stuff that kind of getting back into the team. These aren't these are the games itself that you just have to win if they're going to go one one direct fight on a row. Um, it's the games that are coming up, starting with us midweek where we play an in, well, until weekend in form St Johnson, and then we get in February and we play St Johnson a couple of times and we play Hibs. Um, I've stayed there in by the time they get to play Celtic. Uh, the Kamarnock away game is going to be a massive game for Celtic next month. Um, and that's the games we need to be uh, concerned about. These ones are just. I don't want to be disrespectful to the teams that are fighting the allegation, but they're down there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, well, Matt, um, Martin Cannon's the latest manager that uh, seems to be under pressure again. Um, he had a go at the people who gave his dad abuse at St. Johnson Hamilton Cup game, which is understandable because, you know, it's not his dad's fault <laughs> at the end of the day. But um, I tried starting something on Facebook about um, is, is Martin Cannon doing a reasonable job, but I get no replies, but that's typical. Um, it's, he's doing a terrible job. He is. I, 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 when you look at the players that have gone through that club, I know they've left now, but you look at, you know, we spoke about it last week. He's had Brophy, he's had Doherty, he's had Ferguson, he, he's had, the, who's the centre half of Aberdeen? His name escapes me. Devlin. Devlin. These are, these are good players that are playing at, a, you know, at a decent level that were good enough to go and get moves elsewhere. He's had these players and he's always been just about surviving. Uh, at the bottom of the table, I don't think he's. I don't think it's been good enough. If you look at the forum that they used to be in uh, previously, and the managers that they've had before, and how they've managed to to use the youth team properly, and how they've you know managed to have Hamilton Aki's as a reasonable um, mid-table side, but even the football they're playing now, you go to the game. I seen the the tweet the other night. Aberdeen when they played. And um, it said the attendance and how many Aki's fans were there. It was the same kind of thing when Kilmarnock played the last time. The attendance was, say, 3,000, and it said thanks to the 15, you know, 1,500 Hamilton Aki's fans that were there. And you're looking across at a stand where there's about 600 folk in it, while everybody's filled another stand in a gazebo and things. If the fans are not turning up to, sh- to see Hamilton Aki's anymore, that if your fans aren't even going to see you now because of the football they're playing, it's it's proper rotten. Um, and for them to just be a point above Dundee and, St- and two points above, you know, St Mirren, I mean, I, I cannot see anything other than Hamilton and St Mirren going down this year. I just think that's an inevitability about it this time and at that stage I think he will go yeah I know John's quite a fan of St Martin, um and thinks they've got the potential not to me. stay up the other John. no the other John yes um, but I mean I, I've, I've said I think Dundee have got far more potential to get out of that their, their victory at Tynecastle um, it was a big result for them that got them off the bottom um, and I think both Dundee and St Martin have been making signings during this transfer window, so um, it remains to be seen what St Martin do. Obviously, playing against Celtic wasn't great, a great way to come back um, from the, the winter break, but uh, they probably should have done better against Hibs. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if what we end up seeing is Hamilton bottom of the league and either St Martin or Dundee in the playoff spot. Um, just the way things are going at the moment, because at least St Martin and Dundee look like they're doing things. Hamilton don't look like they're doing anything um, other than uh, going continuing their slide that they started before the winter break. Having said that, they had probably the toughest schedule of the, the two games that have been since the winter break, um, playing against Aberdeen and 
and then Celtic. So um, these aren't the games you're expected to get much from. It'll be the games against the, the lower half of the league that they'll be looking to pick up points. So they do have a habit of picking up uh, when people don't least expect it. Whether they'll do it again this year remains to be seen. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I also wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. Um, it's more sort of head versus heart on that one, I think. I don't yeah. really care much for Hamilton, but you, <laughs> you just know they've got something about them that they continually get these these surprise results where they can pick something up. Well, Hamilton and Dundee play this weekend, so this could be a weekend yeah. where Hamilton pick up the result for nowhere like they tend to do, but the record against Dundee this season isn't good because they've lost both games, um, and comfortably so. Uh, Dundee, as you mentioned, Chris, I mean, they got a great result midweek at, at Tynecastle going there and winning. Um, it was a very good performance um, to win that, and the boy Nelson took his goal while they won it. But then they followed that with um, a poor defeat against Motherwell. I mean, they, they had chances in the game, but a, a a soft penalty. It was well. It's a definite penalty. Not when Dundee player complains and um, you know they can't build up that consistency. And there's that's pretty much my little safe. I mean, 13 points clear. Uh, yeah. Hamilton. Then you add another two points on this at the bottom. Obviously, I can't see Mother being dragged into it now. Um, I think Livingston are too far ahead as well, despite their slide. But um, so I think it's obviously it's two from three. Who's in the playoff and who's in the bottom spot? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying for, for weeks that just Motherwell look like they're going to finish ninth, it doesn't matter what they do, but actually they've managed to gain a bit of ground on the teams above them now, so um, maybe maybe things are looking up for them again. Uh, but they probably, probably slumped another defeat next week or something. Looking at the, the form in the last five, I mean, Motherwell won the last three, which is, is great uh, results for them. Livingston have got probably the second worst uh, run in the league. Uh, with only Hamilton it's worse because they're the only ones that haven't won any in the, f- the five even Smyrna have won one in the last five I mean, it was five ago just about but um, I mean, Hamilton and Smyrna both lost the last four it's, uh, you, you, Dundee of the bottom three have got the best because they've managed to win a game and draw a game um, but n- none of the three can really compare with anybody other than Livings What was the Dundee centre half doing for that penalty that's that's one of these things you know we're talking about Worrell and what is he thinking what was that Dundee centre half thinking going into that challenge it was absolutely stupid I mean I don't even have I have no idea what he was doing and actually when I'd watched the highlights what is if Dundee were actually the better side and had the most chances and were looking to play a bit of football so that'll be alright kicking the teeth you know and not get anything from there but um, I cannot see St Mirren and Hamilton putting uh, runs together to get themselves out of those bottom two spots. I can see Dundee doing it because I do think they've got the best squad out of the three teams down there still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the um, going back to Cannon quickly. Um, so I think some people see him as a lucky manager. Um, I mean, because the stats there say that he's kept Hamilton up for five years in a row um, and. What more can Hamilton do other than survive every season? Um, but I think he's the sort of manager who, um, once Hamilton goes down, you'll get five or six months and then be sacked after a poor start. Yep. Um, that's the way I see it happening for him, like Alan Archibald, unfortunately. Um, but St. Byrne, for me, don't. They just keep shooting themselves in the foot, you know, when they look as though they're going to do something, like we touched on the game at the weekend, they lose stupid goals and bad decision making in the forward lines. They've lost their main creative player in Adam Hamill. Um, I just can't see them getting out the, the bottom two. 
The thing I would say for Submariner is that they've made so many changes to that squad that you almost need to wait a couple of weeks to see if they gel. Why McCarthy looked good on Saturday and Sunday, apart from that, um, you know, that cock up that he made that we talked about. But he had a couple of decent efforts in the game that was well saved by Marciano. So, but they need more than than him. Um, they need more goals at least to Simeon Jackson. Um, to help keep them up and more importantly they need to defend and they've not been defending well all season they've got another new goalkeeper in um, so that's three different goalkeepers they've used uh, this season and they need consistency in number one selection but then so did Dundee because they're in the same position they've got a new goalkeeper See, that, see if you're at a team down at the bottom of the table and things aren't going well and a new manager comes in or whatever the first thing I would be looking to do is make my team difficult to beat and I don't see that with Hamilton and Smirin now. Don't think they're. I don't think they look defensively strong in any way, or that you think oh, it's going to be tough to get a result against them. And that should be the first thing they're doing. Forget about anything else. Yep. If they continue to pick up draws and whatever else there, they could draw. Looking at those fixtures and looking at the the teams down there, even picking up those little points away from home and stuff would make a huge difference to them at the end of the season. And that, to me, is where the Martin Cannon thing comes into play. His team's only difficult to beat. And if, you know, if you're looking at guys in the, the middle of the park, guys like McKinnon and Emery, I have absolutely no idea how every single game those guys are not sent off. I, I cannot get my head around it. They usually get booked in the third minute of the game for an absolutely horrific challenge and then continually foul for the next 80 and get away with it. And that just does my head in. It really does. I'm with you, uh, Danny, Danny McKinnon. He is a truly yep. awful player. Truly uh, awful player. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I don't really see what McKinnon brings to the team, to be honest. I'm really at least... Um, is, is one of those players that, yeah, he's likely to get himself sent off, uh, but he's also likely to bust a gut for the team um, and, and get you some some unexpected goal at some point or create something. Or You can see what Emery brings to the team in a positive way. McKinnon, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Aye. Um, and speaking about fighting spirit, um, Craig Levine and Michael Stewart before the Hearts game at the weekend. <laughs> Um, who, Episode who, number who, 754 of this yeah. versus match. Oh. Well, the positive from Craig, a heart's point of view is they won. <laughs> but Greg Stewart's correct. You don't sign a player who's unfit, throw him into the game, then realise, by the way, he is really, really unfit, take him off and then slate him later. I mean, that's yeah. all down to Levine. He signed him. He's put him straight in the, the starting lineup. And it's not worked, and then decided to make a change. I, I think he's justified uh, Michael Stewart and giving him some criticism for for making such a schoolboy error. Mm-hmm. And then to come out and say that he was rubbish. I think, uh, to be fair, I think that's been taken a lot out of context because I've heard everything that Craig Levine said, and I think Craig Levine himself realises that maybe that was a bit of a mistake. Um, but I don't. I, I think he has to just take it in the chin this one because. Nothing Michael Stewart said was wrong. As you say, it's you've, you've signed him, you've thought he's fat, you've proved he's not. So it's your mistake. Just admit it's a mistake and move on. Yeah. It's just a classic deflection tactic, which Levine seems to be doing all season. Um, he's starting quite a few people and um, he's not starting Michael Stewart for a good while, so he just felt as though he had to give some back. But uh, but his team did well the weekend, you know, bouncing back from the midweek defeat where when over St John's have been doing pretty well. Um, as you mentioned, they've been defending well. Um, and, 
yeah, it lifts them back into into fifth place. So um, a good routine, a good win for them, um, considering. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking about the likes of um, Aberdeen and Kilmarnock and being title challengers. Hearts aren't that far behind Aberdeen. They're only four points behind. So, I mean, a decent run could get Hearts back in. Yeah, it was not. I mean, obviously, they were top of the league at the start of the season for long enough. So. Uh, they did fall away a bit, but now they're starting to get the players back for injury. Naismith's back in the team, Suter's back in the team. Uh, we've got a decent core of the Hearts players back again, so it'll be interesting to see if they can recover from the kind of form that they had at the start of the season now. Mm-hmm. I think that's a team that's overly reliant on one player, though. Um, oh, yeah. Any kind of you know, injury or suspension, they look absolutely toothless. Um, they're playing on, on Friday night against Kilmarnock. If Kilmarnock win that game, I think you can forget Hearts. But again, if Hearts win, that moves them, you know, three points behind Kilmarnock. So, um, certainly a big, big game for them as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll just cover the Championship quickly. Um, speaking about Friday night football in Ayrshire, um, Ayr got back to winning ways after um, a three-game um, winless or uh, three games um, lost in a row, and they beat Dundee United. Um, when if Dundee United won, they'd have been level with Ayr, but instead they they fell six points behind Ross County in, in total and could be six points behind uh, Ayr come uh, tomorrow night when Ayr play their game in hand. Um, looked a pretty poor game, and really so Ayr were thoroughly deserved of their win and Dundee United offered absolutely nothing yeah I mean do, do you think BT's viewing figures for that game were like one me <laughs> I think everybody else is watching Arsenal man you um, I was sitting watching Air United and United and you're right it was a poor game uh, yeah. but Air United deserved that I mean Dundee United that offered absolutely nothing um, and that surprised me because I was curious to see how Dundee United were doing under Robbie Nielsen um, they had all reports I'd seen they were doing pretty well but if that's what were they, camera shy or something? <laughs> it was just, it wasn't great. Um, Air United, on the other hand, looked okay. I think they needed that win to get them back on form after the, the run of three defeats, including the the, the, the wonderful win for Talbot. Yeah, they missed that podcast, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the Cup's all about, I know. Yeah. <laughs> did you, actually, speaking of Cup, did you see the, the games that have been picked up for television? I'm slightly disappointed yeah. that Talbot's not on it, but I'm not surprised. Um, it'd be really funny if uh, BBC have ended up with Stenhouse Muir Queen of the South <laughs> <laughs> and Premier Sports end up with Kilmarnock and Cowdenbeath um. <laughs> it's going happen it's going happen I'm you. <laughs> that would be hilarious well I hope the Stenhouse Muir doesn't happen because um, I'm going along tomorrow night for that replay um, Stenhouse Muir won it at the weekend so their tails will be up after um, drawing with us in the first game and then beating Airdrie um, well, hopefully we're a wee bit more professional and get a momentous first ever victory over Stenis Muir in our fifth game in the 115 years. What a phenomenal yeah. start that is. Um, yeah, we played them twice in our debut season 1903-04, um, including the very first game that Aberdeen played in. Drew 1-1, both games I think it was. Um, they also beat us in 95, which we'll skip over. And then there was the game last week. So it could be a momentous day for Aberdeen or it could be another horrendous night for us. Who knows? 
Well, if it makes you... Stuart can eat his own words, man. I am desperate for that to happen. I just just want us to still be in the cup and Greg Stewart, who says he's left to win trophies, out it. I would... Sorry, John, but that would make me very happy. Alan, it's all right. I've read all your Twitter stuff, um, but your bait's not good enough for me. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Mission for days, mate, and people have been biting all the time. It's brilliant. Aye, Alan's second favourite sport is fishing, by the looks of things. Aye, I don't know. Is that a sport? Is that technically a sport? Fishing? Uh, aye. much a sport as darts and bowling, surely? <laughs> aye, so if it makes you feel any better, um, people rarely remember the results in these early rounds if you go on and win the cup, because uh, the... the Stenhouse Muir result with the, the draw um, at it, it reminded me quite a bit of we drew our broth. Because uh, we were one one now, squishing the game, and then we made a complete mess at the end of the game. One, one each had to go up to uh, Gayfield, um, which was quite a nice wee adventure for me because I was still going to away games at that point. Um, you, it really is literally right in the water. Because <laughs> so, like, where I was standing, there was a wall behind me, you could look over it, it was the beach. <laughs> but we won it 1 0 through uh, a terrific Adam Matthews goal. I would want to win the cup that year. So. It's just that like, you get through these rounds however you can, um, and then you go on and, and who knows what can happen in the, in the rounds that follow up. So you might find that you beat Stenhouse Muir 1-0 or something like that midweek, and then everyone's saying it was, it's, it's a relief and we should have done better. And you can, Who knows what happens after that? You're going to beat Dundee in the next round, and then you're through to the quarterfinals, and then a couple of rounds and on, you're in uh, the final again. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when we won the League Cup uh, a few years, years ago, we struggled against Allo at home and won 6-5 in penalties um, to, <laughs> to take us through. And, um, you know, not many people would have thought we'd have won it after that, but we ended up um, going out to do it, of course. Um, and Kilmarnock, of course, in the 97 Scottish Cup, they struggled at Clyde and needed a Paul Wright penalty win, and then they went on to win it. So just, you never know. Um, but I just want to make sure we get through the tie first. Uh, um, yeah. The Quay South and D game should be quite interesting. I, I worry um, that for Quay South that they missed their chance in the first game because they should have buried Dundee in that first game. Um, with regards to the other TV picks, I mean, I, I, Celtic St Johnson, had that been at McDermott Park, yeah, I would have agreed with that, but um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not too sure where it being at Celtic Park, to be honest. Um, Commander and Rangers, should that happen? That's obviously the tie of the round, there's no doubt about that. Um, yep. Ross County and Vanessa, I think, is a good pick because it's a derby game. And it's even though it's a Monday night, it's still close enough for the two, and there shouldn't be any. Um, I would still expect a good attendance for that game between those two. Um, our one's a wee bit of a surprise. I think they would have went for Talbot and Hearts had that been at Talbot's game, Talbot's yeah. ground, sorry. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. Not at St. Castle, but. I thought they would have went for St Murren and Dundee United being the Premier League Championship um, throwback to 1987 and all that, but um, yeah, we'll just need to wait and see. If it ends up staying to that will be funny, um, but not from my point of view. Yeah, I think the other one that might have been interesting was Hibs and Wraith, again, if it was the other way around. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, East Fife part of this one? No? Nah? Not right. <laughs> <laughs> just a thought. Yeah. Um, so, this will win again. Aye, they're starting to pick up things finally. Um, about time. Uh, no, I was, I was just going to finish off the, the Scottish Cup chat with the fact that the, the replays are this week, so um, 
it's tomorrow night, I think, the replays, and then Wednesday night's the the Rangers. Rangers' first game. Yeah, weather permitting. Yeah. yeah. But, although Muir um, and Queen's says both have AstroTurf pitches, so they should be fine. It's yeah, but you need still need to clear the snow off, them, yeah. <laughs> which we're supposed to get overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's hope both teams are prepared and hope that Cowdenbeath um, have a few more cars in that corner. <laughs> Stephen Gerrard's Land Rover. <laughs> <laughs> is that the podcast title this week? Uh, I think it was last week's podcast title, wasn't it? Should have been. What about is, you know, expecting eight figures for Morelos? <laughs> a million quid. <laughs> a million quid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, man. That was, that was absolute comical. I just. Um, some of the tweets that have been going up about it has just been absolutely brilliant. I mean, that is that is superb. The other comical Scottish... thing, the other <laughs> comical thing about the uh, Rangers at the moment is how how many times are they going to do pitch invasions? <laughs> there was two in that game. <laughs> God forbid they should ever win something. I, I don't understand why when they get three goals up against Livingston, the need for the pitch invasions coming. Uh, when I was looking back on it, I loved the big guy. The big guy with the Rangers top on. He was absolutely. Well, I did think that at the time. I was going to tweet something about that. But boy, did it at the game. But my goodness, man, this big guy on the pitch. It was all wee guys and stuff. And then this, you know, big Hodor comes in, man, and he just was Rangers top on. And it was was absolutely brilliant to see. But, you know, I reckon reckon a lot of Rangers fans as well will be quite embarrassed with that. That's. Mm You know, it's already celebrating and things. We all get excited when we score goals and things. Running on the park. I mean, that's, that's absolutely mental. They've not done that for a, a while, I thought, since the infamous Partick Thistle game in the Champions League final. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were, were spilling on the pitch earlier this season. I think it was at St. John's or something. They were just falling over themselves. It was, they've done it a few times recently. Well, let's say, God forbid they should win a trophy. Because um, you, know, you know how it is. I mean, you, you should... The Rangers fans themselves get offended if you invade the pitch when you win a trophy. Ask Hibs fans. <laughs> Ask Celtic fans about 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. 38 years ago? 39 years, see so. How long ago? Uh, it's the 1980 Cup final. Aye. Aye. I know. Um, in League One, um, our both lost for only second in the season, but still maintained their 13 point lead because Wraith Rovers lost the breaking. Um, in East Five. Closed up on, on them by winning 4 3 at Shana. Um, Tom Barton just don't seem to be doing anything at all after some people predicted them to win that league. Um, John made one choice, are now second bottom. Could they be on for two relegations in a row? Could be, yeah. Aye. And goals galore in League Two, um, mainly Queen's Park. Eight goals shared, although seven of them were at Queen's Park. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, um... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'll be Rovers. Well, they're as well kissing goodbye to that league, um, or hoping for the playoff because Trounced at home by Sterling Albion 5 0. Things just don't get any better. But up the top end, good weekend for Clyde because they won. Edinburgh City drew and Peterhead get gubbed um, off Annan, so they've closed the gap up the top as well. Aye, I mean it's it's going to be interesting the, the, how this season sort of, sort of comes to an end because Annan are, are, are always worthwhile a shock result there. So if they make the playoff, then they'll be the, nobody wants to play them. And then 
Like Edinburgh City, Peter Head and Clyde all have uh, hopes of getting the automatic promotion spot, but then two of them will be in the playoff for the looks of it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who they go into the playoff first from League One. Um, so I, yeah, it could be an interesting little bit. But I, I don't think they're just every single one of those five results in the League Two was quite interesting. Whether it was a, a 5 0 thumping of Albion Rovers or getting beef losing one not to Clyde or the Edinburgh City drawing three each and I could spot thumping Berwick 7 1. I think it'll be interesting to see if Albion Rovers can get themselves together just enough to catch Berwick because Berwick seems to be the team that's even worse for them than them. Oh, but. Um, I wouldn't know if need to start winning games. I think they've won a game since Kevin Harper's went in now. Um, and he bleated um, but not getting a chance beforehand, but he's got his chance now and it's not working. Um, but there's only so much Albion Rovers um, can do. It's not as if they've got um, the millions of Celtic, for example, or um, the even budgets sort of higher up. They've just not got the money. Um, so just need to wait and see. But um, as I've said before, um, Whoever wins the Lowland League playoff, um, I'd like to see one of them win that League Two playoff and get into the Football League. Yeah, Lowland League, Highland League, whatever, just somebody come up. Because yeah. like, Edinburgh City are proving it, it's, it's, it's worthwhile having. So. I, mean, I, I just wish they would do away with this last chance saloon thing for the, the team that finishes bottom. Well, just, just have the team that finishes bottom go straight down and have that. Just copy the English when it comes to playoffs. <laughs> The copy of English have so many other things. Copy them with this one. Have actual promotion playoffs where one or gets promoted. It's not somebody staying up. I would have mm-hmm. just increased all the leagues, the size of all the leagues, and invited a lot of those Aye. those clubs to join. Because um, some of them are, some of them are, you know, pretty decent, pretty decent away days. But um, there's enough clubs there, I think, certainly, to be looking at 16 team leagues. Aye. I, I would have two leagues of 16 a regional underneath that as a pyramid system yep no, I agree that's what I'd have yeah aye but let's put it this way that's not going to happen for a good while if at all it probably takes Celtic Rangers to leave Scottish football for anything like that to happen aye probably aye, aye. So, anything uh, else you guys want to cover the night should we cover in fact we better mention transfers we've not covered that the transfer of deadline shots in a few days and Celtic at a time where they need more centre halves and need the right backs go and sign a winger well they're short of aye never have too many wingers the Arsene Wenger approach seems to be seems to be one. to be fair John <laughs> McInnes is prone to a wee winger isn't he I mean Lewis yeah. Morgan how are you going to fit four strikers in the park and four wingers <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not sure. I think Lewis Morgan, a move to Aberdeen would be good for him because he's not played in the Premier League really. So it's not like he's played in the Scottish League and then going, oh, I want to try down in England. I think Aberdeen would be a good fit. But um, where you play them all, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, well, the problem that we've got is that Mackay Stevens doesn't send a contract and this um, deal with New York still hasn't gone away. So um, I think we're resigned to him. Um, leaving at some point um, begins being a bit hot and cold his set pieces have been good this season but his um, outfield contribution hasn't been as good as it has been I think um, his best days are two or three years behind him unfortunately um, McLennan looks a good player Scott Wright's too hot and cold um, so that's the form we've got just now um, I'm not sure um, 
if Morgan would be a good fit. It depends how many games he gets. Someone's been linking us with Johnny Hayes again, but as far as I'm concerned, that's a daily record having a a slow day thinking that Johnny Hayes isn't getting for games for Celtic. Let's link him with his former club. McInnes likes to keep his cards close to his chest when it comes to transfers. Um, very rarely players that are linked with his actual come is, and it's usually a left field thing that comes in. So we'll just need to wait and see. But I see you guys, Alan, have signed a striker. Connor McElhaney. He used to play for Anifertan. He did, yeah. I think he's had one of these careers which has just been blighted with with injuries. I'll be honest, until we'd signed him and I didn't know much about him, you then go and watch YouTube and see him scoring 35 yarders and go, oh, he is mustards. Then you look at at Wikipedia and go, those 10 goals are all his 10 goals. I, I don't know. It's one of those ones where if Steve Clark's brought him in, I have no doubt whatsoever that this guy's that this guy's got something about it. It looks as if he's, that's a replacement for Greg Stewart, someone that's going to come that little bit deeper. Um, it's good to get someone in talk, you know, again of a centre half and at least one central midfielder coming in. Um, I don't know if one of them would be Malumbu. Um I think that'd probably be. I can't see anybody else take Malumbu to be honest, apart from Clark. Um, and the stuff with Craig Bryson just isn't going away just now at all it just isn't going away so I'd love to see Bryson back yeah that would be a good saying if you got him it's gone off and quiet man (laughs) Chris is quiet for a change it's because he doesn't know anything about who Kilmarnock signed or that swinger that Celtic are bringing um, which yeah. means he knows as much as Brendan Rodgers because apparently he didn't know much about uh, it yeah, it's, it's, it's a winger that's all I know um, is it Ukrainian league he came from where he's coming from is his name Martin it's... Shed Shed <laughs> I think he's a V in there somewhere Shed his name's Shed mate <laughs> 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 Let's not go into the pronunciations of Celtic players again. Celtic shed on the wing. That's it, big shed on the wing. Uh, I don't think there's been much else happening, though. I can't think of any other kind of signings or anything that was announced today. There was talk of uh, Kerr signing a new deal with St Johnson um, after, I think it was a bit of about 100,000, wasn't it, from down south, which is pretty pathetic, isn't it? Um, Mm. So, if they can hold on to him as well, because they, they're another team that's had a brilliant season. And to be honest, they're not a million miles behind everybody else. Um, I don't think anybody would fancy in that top four going away to St Johnston, or even having them, as, as was mentioned earlier, the best away form they've got. You do not want to play St Johnston. Um, so, if they can hold on to some of these players and maybe add one or two others, that would be that would also be very good for the for the top six. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a derisory bit, but what has been good about Scottish um, some of our clubs the last couple of years is that more and more derisory bids from down south are getting knocked, knocked back and clubs are trying to hold out for um, a true reflection of their retail value. Because you know what the money in England's like, they're throwing um, heaps of money on average, um, so why shouldn't Scottish football um, be treated any different? So um, hopefully he signs a new deal and St Johnson can get even more money. Um off a team better than Barnsley with all due respect yeah I would like to think so 
Um, I, I think I think Scottish League. I think what's happened is since um, 2012, a lot of teams have had to cut their cloth. Um, you know, with with Sky deals and things getting renegotiated, and it seems mm-hmm. to be that the majority of clubs now in Scotland, with the exception of maybe one, are living completely within their means. Um, you're looking at some of the, the things here. Hearts brought a lot of players in, got already a lot of players. They still turned a profit um, after laying a, a pitch down and things. I think Aberdeen turned a profit. Um, we made a slight loss this season based on the previous season where there was about a million pound was made. Um, and if clubs just continue to be you know, quite prudent, get these guys signed up in two or three year deals, then I yeah. can hold all the cards. And, you know, case in point, being someone like McKenna, there's no reason whatsoever that Aberdeen can't just play hardball with these teams. Um, I think as well, McGinn, with, with the whole McGinn uh, transfer, considering he had very little time left in his contract, I think to get the kind of money that, that Hibs did just shows that, you know, well, you know, people are not content and just having the best talent hoovered up by, by low league English sides. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like 2012 was suddenly the best thing that happened to Scottish football. Not that Armageddon was predicted. <laughs> yeah, this is where you would wish that people at like Doncaster and Regan would just uh, apologise, but that will not happen. But thankfully, Regan's um, no longer in Scottish football. And, um, but Doncaster's negotiating pretty knocked down deals and underselling a product as was proven with the latest TV deal as well but um, yeah. yeah yeah there's always going to be a negative but um, yeah well we've done well this week boys we've not mentioned too many refereeing decisions so um, yeah it's been it's been good you know what <laughs> see, see given we've had two full rounds of fixtures there wasn't much controversial no we were spoken about the red card that Kamarnak are appealing but even that you're, it's, it's not really controversial it's just Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, it should, maybe it should be a red card. So, I, 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 would not have it. I would not have appealed it. I didn't think it was a red card, but the way I can't see it. There's no consistency whatsoever to what they're doing. Um, I thought if you're if you're sending Boyd off for that, Shinny has to go for his tackle in the first half. Uh, Big Cosgrove. You end up going into this level here, playing football yourself. You know when you go in for a tackle, if you miss time that slightly, and Boyd is not the quickest. He's never been the quickest. Even at 17, he was a big cart horse. He's got there as quick as he possibly could. Yeah. It, it, it looks worse than it is, but I would not have appealed it. I just don't see the point in it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, apart from that, I think it's been quite... I can't think of any glaringly poor decisions this, this week, which is good. It's a first. Yeah. Yeah, so keep up the good work, referees. Um, and that means that you'll get less criticism next week. Keep getting your decisions right. You just know I'm going to have a howl this weekend, don't you? Oh, yeah, possibly. Or a midweek guy. Who knows? Well, um, unless there's anything else, cheers, guys. No, just looking at the. I mean, come on, like, should be a good game on Friday night, so that's yeah. a good start of the weekend. And then St. Johnson Celtic Sunday, we the other four uh, games coming on, on Saturday, so Hibs Aberdeen should be entertaining. See what kind of Hibs turn out that day. Um, yeah, Rangers don't miss it, man. It doesn't really get any better for St. Man, does it? <laughs> no, it's not. No. And um, i just trying to think with the game of the championship um, might have been um, maybe 
maybe and maybe and Partick could be a good one because Inverness are going for promotion. Partick's in a good run just now, so yeah. Yeah, they're in good form. We've got um, Air United Inverness tomorrow night as well. Sorry, Tuesday if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Yeah, from the <laughs> rearranged game that was called yeah. off because of the gale. Um, to put it mildly. <laughs> Aye. Surely Dunfermline Ross County's the game. <laughs> Possibly, but I was trying to think who Falkirk and Partick can realistically catch apart from Malo. Um, but Dunfermline need to watch themselves because their form's not great and they haven't won under Stevie Crawford yet. Drew at the weekend. Um, they better watch that they don't go in a bad run otherwise. Because Falkirk and Partick have picked up. I know Falkirk dropped points at the weekend, but they still drew a game rather than losing it. Um, so. Yeah, they feel better, better be careful. Yeah, I mean, they're four, they're four and five behind that. Allah. There's only another two points to Dunfermline, so you're right. It's it's a bit of a precarious position for Dunfermline. We know we're picking up the points. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Really, one form of the four that are down the bottom now. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to cover, guys? Certainly not, mate. No. Fine. <laughs> It's been a bit of an hour, that's not bad for two rounds of games. Yeah, aye, we've done well to keep it in a level footing tonight. <laughs> anyway, cheers guys. Right, cheers mate, thank you. Cheers. Bye.